building on the foundation that another pastor has laid. That is the topic of this week's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. Got a great friend back with us on the podcast. Welcome back, Treg Spicer. Hey, good to be back, Marshall. So Treg has done another podcast on being assistant, and if you haven't listened to that, you can go to gfamissions.org, ReChurch, or you can find it on iTunes or Google, wherever you want to do your podcast. That's great. Treg, again, for those who have not heard the other podcast or may not listen to it as of yet, tell them, again, your background. Uh, yeah. You were an assistant for in two different churches for how many years? Yes. So assistant pastor in Ohio, 11 years assistant pastor in North Carolina for three years when the Lord brought us here to Morgantown, West Virginia, home of the Mountaineers. And we've been serving here now since 2014. And then currently, four children, give me the ages again. Yeah, so I have four kids. Uh, my oldest is 15, and she is trying her father's faith with her driving skills. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my youngest daughter is 10, and she is the boss. Okay. And then the boys are just teen boys um, right in the middle. They act and they think. And we, but I love them. They're as big as me. Yep. And we're in a great stage of life with them and just discipling, mentoring, and, and seeing them develop into who God has for them to be. And your wife's name? My wife is Carrie. And she holds and it all together, come. right? She holds it all together, <laughs> yep. And she's she's key in this conversation because Carrie yeah. was in her mama's belly when they joined Faith Baptist Church. Wow. Okay. And so now she's back home. Okay. All right, so that's a wonderful background, and the topic, again, you followed a pastor that had pastored in this one church 49 Mm -hmm. years, is that right? He started it. He started it in his living room. Oh, wow. I'm only the second pastor now. All right, that's even another uh, element in there. Yeah, so second pastor in 53 years. So let me ask you a question. What did God use to stir in your heart it was time, the time was right to leave the world the assistant? Yeah, I was an assistant pastor again in Ohio. It wasn't going to work out there for me to transition in. And so I went to North Carolina and and was serving there. That was a it's a long story, but you know, things got kind of rough in Ohio and and a pastor who actually you've interviewed on your podcast, Marty Macedo. Yeah. A very good friend of mine. Marty called me and said, Trey, you need to get away, man. And that time he was at Jacksonville. Yeah. He said, Come down to Jacksonville. We got a house that you can stay and just just kind of relax and pray through things. Mm. And we got down there and, and actually we loved the ministry. We were like, man, we could be here, but we just didn't have peace that that's what the Lord wanted. We were on our way home back to Ohio. And my wife said, can we stop in North Carolina and visit one of my college friends? Okay. And I said, sure. And so we visit Saturday night. We spend the night. We go to church there Sunday morning. And at this time, honestly, the word assistant was not even in my vocabulary. I was done. Mm-hmm. After the Ohio experience, I was done. And I'm sitting in that church Sunday morning thinking, hey, this is kind of nice. I could see myself here. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know anything. So after the service, the pastor called me up and said, hey, listen, you know, my daughter, who the pastor's daughter and my wife are best friends, mm. has told me what's going on. Nobody at the church knows, but my assistant resigns tonight. Wow. How about you taking this place? And that's what I said. Wow. wow. And I said, OK, he's like, come to church tonight and I'll read his resignation letter 
stay the night and we'll interview tomorrow. Mm. And we did that. And so this is it. Wow. You know, this is where we need to be. I love kids. I love working with kids. It was a large Christian school. At that time, it was about 750 kids in the Christian school. Wow. And I was going to be cross-country coach and be able to teach Bible. And and it's what we needed, right. you know, for us to get away, to heal. There was no real pressure. And I needed it to see, too, just different aspects of ministry I'd not seen before. And then it was 2013, August of 2013. I had the opportunity to do a missions trip in South Africa and Zimbabwe. The goal of the trip was for me to go to South Africa and then basically to sneak into Zimbabwe and teach 30 national pastors eschatology. And so for five days, for five days, we had five different locations that I was going to be at. They were going to move me around so we couldn't be caught yeah, right. and, and teach those men at all five of those locations. And so I get to the airport in South Africa, get ready to get on the plane and nobody's around. And I go up to the desk. I'm like, ma'am, I'm supposed to be on this plane. She's like, oh, it left hours ago. Wow. I'm like, you are kidding me. She's like, no, it's gone. And I was told this might happen. They didn't want me there and they didn't want an American in Zimbabwe. So they, they didn't even check my luggage in. It was still sitting at the check-in counter. What happened was the elections were supposed to be two months later, and Mugabe moved them up. And the elections were going to happen in two weeks. So it was a very dangerous time to be there anyway for the country. So they didn't let me in. So now here's my whole missions trip foiled. And what am I going to do? Not to mention, I had no phone numbers and no way to contact the missionary that dropped me (laughs) off. And that's that's the story. So here I am in, in Johannesburg all by myself. You know, it's three o'clock in the morning at home. It's like, what am I going to do? But but anyway, the Lord worked it out. So I stayed with the missionary family for a week mm. there in, in Johannesburg. And that week, God just did amazing things where I was able to meet with the deacons. There was a deacons meeting that week, and I got to, you know, teach them on leadership. I got a few men in the church wanted to meet with me and do some counseling. Another pastor in uh, Pretoria called and said, Hey, can we talk? And I got to counsel him, a, a South African man. Yeah. And so all these things were happening that I got to go to a, a university and speak to the teachers and talk to them and the prison. I got to go to the prison, Johannesburg inner prison, man. These guys are bad guys yeah, sure, yeah. And, and, and preach in the prison of Johannesburg. Yeah. It quote unquote, just so happened that the chaplain wasn't there. who was not a nice person. Wow. And the assistant was a solid believer, a chaplain, and they let me right in. Hmm. And I got to go in and preach there to the prison. And when I was there and seeing all this, the Lord was just saying, hey, it's time to transition from teens and, yeah. and your young people. And I just got a burden there for working with pastors, deacons, senior Amen. you know, people yeah. in the church. And it was God just laid on my heart. OK, this... and I came home and told my wife, listen, God is shaking the tree. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to land, but it's time for us to transition out. So it's very specific burden on your heart that you knew. Yes. It, okay. I knew. All right. Mm-hmm. So then how did the door open up in West Virginia? Okay. So I came up, my wife's from here. And so every Christmas we come up to visit and Pastor Moran and I go to Hardee's for breakfast every morning. That's probably why I got Crohn's. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he and I go to have breakfast. Well, Sunday night, I'm here and, you know, I, this church hadn't changed since Carrie and I had gotten married. Mm. And so it's, it's the same people. I've known these people for 14 years. And so I'm hearing whispers about the youth pastor being gone all the time. Man, he's always gone. He's visiting other places. And I'm thinking, okay, I know what that means. He's candidated. Yeah. 
And so Sunday night, I'm like, all right, I just, you know me, I just shoot, shoot it right where it is. I was like, all right, I'm hearing rumors that you're not around much. Are you candidating? He's like, yeah. He said, I am. And mm-hmm. I said, okay. And so he told me, Pastor Moran did not know. And so Pastor Moran and I are having breakfast Monday morning. I said, hey, I said, why don't you retire, man? You know, at this time, he's 70. At that time, he was 76. He's like, I know. I need to. I'm just not sure I'm ready yet. I'm like, well, when you when you do retire, who are you going to have take over? He's like, well, my assistant's going to. And I'm thinking, oh, oh man, man, if yeah. you only knew. Right. And so he's like, why don't you come up and, and be my campus pastor? And I said, you know, Pastor Moran, I appreciate it. I said, but God has definitely put a burden on my heart now for senior pastor ministry. Right. And I know it. And I would love to work with WVU students, but I just don't feel that would be fair because mm. that's not what God has burdened my heart to do. And he's like, I get that. I understand it. No problem. And so then I got a call from Ohio and another church there said, Hey, once you come up candidate, the pastor is getting ready to retire. So I did and was there, but God had burdened my heart with senior pastor ministry, but also Abraham. And I knew God to give me a, a great family. Man, we got just with the four kids, you automatically gather attention. You know what that is yeah, wherever yeah, you go. Yeah. You know, they're they're good kids, good looking kids. And my my wife's very talented and gifted. And so I was just praying, God, you put Abraham and you sent him out of Ur with a specific call to fulfill what you wanted him to fulfill. I need you to put us where we are needed. Amen. And I just don't want to go to a church that needs a pastor. I want to go to a church that needs a pastor. All right. Can I just make and, an observation yes. here? Yeah. All right. So this is a, as a reminder to those listening that are thinking about a transition. We're stewards of God's time. So it's important to pray that way because you don't want to be wasting ministry opportunity just because no. you want to go to somewhere and it's not what God has right. for you. Right. Exactly. So I just had to interject that. So I appreciate that prayer. That's That's great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so then Pastor Moran calls me and says, this was March. Okay. Says, hey, I want to retire in two years. Would you come up and be my assistant? Now, I've heard this twice. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, and I told him, I said, Pastor, listen, I appreciate it. But I've been down this road twice. Yeah. And and I'm just not going to do it again. What if I come up and the church starts to do great? And I take a load off you and you want to stay. He's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, who says? He said, me, because I'm a man of my word and I'm not oh, breaking my word. Wow. And if you know Pastor Moran, yeah. you know that's true. Okay, That is Got true. It. He's okay. a man of his word. I said, I don't know. I said, I'll come up and talk and we'll pray about it. But again, it's two years. It's yeah. not a need. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out mowing the grass. It's May. I've talked to Ohio, West Virginia. Nothing's moved on either one. I don't know what to do. My wife has kept her mouth shut. Because she does not want to influence me at all to come for her mm. to come home. Yeah. She's like, I can't help in this. This is between you and the Lord because I don't want to influence you. And we get to Morgantown and you hate it and you blame me for it. And <laughs> she, which was why she's a wise part. woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she stayed out. So this was between me and God. And I'm out mowing the grass and Carrie comes out and she's like, You're not going to believe this. And I said, mm. What? She said, Pastor Moran has cancer. Oh. And the college pastor had resigned. The youth pastor had already declared he was leaving to take a church in North Carolina. And she said, they've got nobody. Mm. And I knew it. You know, that, yeah. was, that was the answer to prayer. Yeah. Who could come into a church and take over for a pastor who'd been there for 40, at that time, mm. 47 years, wow. and get them through their pastor having cancer? 
Yeah. I mean, this was a huge Man. shock. I said, I said, there's only, as far as I'm concerned, there's only a few people that could do it. And we're one of them. Mm. And so the next morning I said, Hey, Benny, is that offer still open? He's like, only for you. I said, I'll take it. Wow. <laughs> he said, he'd never heard me preach before. And I came up and we knew this is where God wanted us. And mm. I've not doubted it. I've not doubted it in the, the six going on seven years we've been here. Wow. All right. Take a breath. I want yep. to advertise for you. Okay. Yep. So as Treg, as you can tell, he's passionate and he loves the Lord. He loves his family. He loves Christ church. TregSpicer.com, T-R-E-G-S-P-I-C-E-R.com. Great resource there. And you'll see on there, there is a link to a podcast, The Art of the Assistant. So he and a good friend of him do this. So as you're listening to Treg, I love his passion because it's for the Lord. I love his passion because it's for the right things. So I wanted him just to kind of take a deep breath on this because you can tell he's going at it. Okay. All right. So where we are. So now you are moving to West Virginia, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. So pick yeah, it up. All things. Pick it up. Yeah. So we move, we pack our bags, put the house up for sale. We left a whole garage full of things for a Spanish ministry there in North Carolina because they all wouldn't fit in one U-Haul, including <laughs> my kids' swing set. Oh, man. And, and we packed it all in one U-Haul and we moved to Morgantown. Wow. Yeah. The, so we the got goal here. was two years, right? The goal he, was two years. Okay. He had cancer. He had right. colon cancer. Wow. So I, I get here and we start working together. You know, I love Pastor Marian and we've had a relationship for, for a few years. And, and through that, I know him. Yeah. So I knew what to expect. Nothing took me by surprise. You know what I mean? Right. Because I, I know who he is. Again, we were friends and that helped. Now, friends uh, so, for 14 years, right? I, yeah, mean, I just want to yeah, lay this out for those who have not. Yeah, I was okay. married in this church. Yeah, got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to fill that back uh, in. Yeah. And so we've known each other and, like I said, done breakfast and things like that. And he was patient with me because I'd ask him questions on why he did things that I didn't think he should be doing. But, yeah, he was very gracious in those years um, <laughs> with me as a young man. We got here July 1st. September 1st, he went in for surgery for uh-huh. school and cancer. And was not able to leave either the house or the hospital until March. Wait a minute. What so, was the day of the surgery? What month? September 1. And he couldn't and he leave. he came back. Wow. He couldn't leave his home or the hospital. There were times, Marshall, where he would call me at 3 in the morning. And I had to drive over, pick him up, put him in the car, and get him to the ER. Wow. Um, because he was sick. So, again, those are different stories. But yeah. that was eight months that I was the pastor, the assistant pastor, the school administrator. We cleaned the church. Give was, us an idea of the number of people in the church. At this time, the church was about 150. Okay, got it. Christian school, about 90. All right. Yep. And I was working on grad work. Yeah. <laughs> and so so all this was going on, wow. four kids, transition, but it was good. What it did was it allowed me to earn the respect of the people as a yeah. pastor without yeah. being their pastor. Yes. And God used that. Amen. Then he came back after a year. And we worked together from May to May, kind of co-pastor together. And he preached Sunday mornings. I preached Sunday nights. And we did that for a year. All right. So really, there was a season when he was not there. Yes. And then there was a season when he came back and you were you yep. were pastoring together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me just sidetrack here. So as, as you think of transitions, mm-hmm. okay, at what point should the – and, and you do have an assistant. Okay, I'm not talking about you personally, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm, no. I'm drawing a hypothetical. Yeah. What do you do to develop that assistant to become a senior pastor? I'm doing it now. Okay. I, I, I mean, knew my you were, but pastor, I, wanted, I yeah, wanted to pick it up. Yeah. No, my youth pastor yeah. is 26. Yeah. And 
one of two things will happen. If I kick the bucket, too, <laughs> which there. I've tried, if I tried, you've twice. tried twice, right? That's <laughs> again, another podcast uh, yeah. or two, but I want him to be ready. Okay. Now he might, Joey could be a great youth pastor for another 10 years, maybe right. 15 mm-hmm. fine in that role. But if something else happens where the Lord calls him to another church, I don't want the deacons calling me saying, Hey, what, who is this guy? Yeah. I want them to call and say, Hey man, you had him ready. And so I'm, it's always having somebody ready next. But it's not only you haven't ready. The church has got to commit that you are investing in the next generation. Yes. So it's not just your ministry. This is a ministry of the whole church. And that's what I just want to emphasize to senior pastors who may not have anybody they're mentoring, go pray and find somebody. Absolutely. I just just had to. Absolutely. And uh, and if it wasn't him, uh, there's a couple men in the church, yeah, that, honestly, uh, that I've been mentoring for years. That okay. they could they could be the senior pastor here. Amen. So really, the transition, I think, normally it should come from within, if at all possible. Yep. Okay, if possible. All right. I just had mm-hmm. to throw that in there. That's one of those that some mm-hmm. people say I cannot not. I just had to say it. Okay. Yeah. No, it so, can. All can. right. So keep going. Yeah. So we worked together here. Uh, we had a year together, and then we transitioned, and I became the second pastor at that time in 49 years. Wow. Every brick, everything here he built, he did, and yeah, so now I'm I'm coming in. All right, so let me ask you a question, several layered questions. Now, yeah, this yeah. is a little bit unique because your wife was originally from this church. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She was but, my saving grace. There you go. Oh, yeah. they all are. Okay. All right, yeah. so what specifically did you do as you're transitioning to a different role mm-hmm. to prepare your wife and your children for this again you had a two-year transition but one year he wasn't there he was sick right but what intentional things could you give advice for somebody that is ready to start this transition what advice would you give them to prepare their wife and their children okay one we were already doing ministry um so my kids are used to it. I mean, our house is a swinging door. We and have it should be that way. all yep. the time. Yeah, yep. it's ne- yep. that's not changed. Got it. Two, though, I had to tell them, listen, you guys have got to give me a year. We're not going to go on vacation. We're not going to go away. The church needs daddy there for a solid year hmm. before we do anything. I'm not sure that was the right decision, but that's what I did. Yeah. And so preparing them for that. Two, as you prepare, build relationships. I took two years, and I told Pastor Man straight up. Pastor Man was the office guy. Get there at seven thirty, leave at three thirty, be at your desk. Yeah. And I told him, and knowing him coming in, it helped. I said, Pastor Man, I'm not going to be at my desk. I've got two years to build relationships in Morgantown. Right. I've got two years to go out for coffees, go out for lunches, to meet the people in this community, to get to know the people in the church. And you're going to have to give me that freedom to be able to come and go as I please, because that's just who I am. And he, he he did it. And I forget how long into the ministry it was. He's like, you know, you're right. You're never at your desk. <laughs> and I said, I told you. That's just, they call me coffee shop because I'm always with somebody, you know, building those relationships. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so build those relationships. And then, you know, as you're preparing yourself to, to go in that ministry, that way you're not a stranger when you get up there. The sure. people know you and you know them. You've earned the right to preach to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So that, that would be my, I guess, some specific steps that I did coming in. What else did you, of course, again, you knew a lot of the history of the church because you had been around I did. it. Okay. I did. And you, that's essential. You need to know the history. You need to know, take time to hear or ask somebody, somebody else's story. Everybody has a story and I wanted to know it because that's how I could minister. 
So, hey, what's the scoop on so-and-so? And, hey, get, where's their kids and what are they doing now? What were they like in high school? You know, mm. I was just trying to get everybody's story. Pastor Marian, my wife, other people in the church, the secretary, because she knew everything. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and trying to get everybody's story. All right, so get their story. What else? I mean, again, a guy okay. coming in and he's yeah. transitioning in. Maybe the pastor hadn't been there 49 years, but knowing yeah, you, I know you got a philosophy of working yeah, through this. It is. And and the first thing is hit the brakes. As a visionary, I got things I, I have seen that our stage remodeled a thousand times in my brain. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this building was built in 95, and it's never changed. Oh. And there were pictures, literally, Marshall, of the grand opening of our church when they cut the ribbon. Dr. Bob Jr. was here. He's the one who did it. And the flowers and the background on the stage and the, and the tables and the decor was exactly the same when he did that as when I came. Wow. Nothing had changed. Same flower, same everything. So, so, and that's fine. But in my mind, I'm like, man, we need to upgrade this and updo this. But I didn't. We didn't do the stage until this year. All right. And you've been there how many years? I came in 2014. All right. So, you know, it's, it's been six. So when you say hit the brakes, you mean, I, I mean, anything. you, you kept the brakes on, you just didn't Listen, hit them. What, and here's the thing. That stage does not hinder God's word. Amen. That carpet or those Episcopalian chairs <laughs> that were up there, they do not, they do not hinder the growth of people and the church. So why does it matter? Yeah. But it can hinder my relationship with the person who made those curtains. Yeah, you're right. Or help pay for those chairs. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. All right. So hit the brakes, maybe keep the brakes on certain things. Keep going. Keep what else? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What does it matter? You know, and then just preach, you know, just mm. let God's word do its thing. Don't worry about what this person is doing or that person is doing, or man, I got a deacon in here that shouldn't be a deacon. We're going to, we got to get him out. It's worked for 10 years before you came. It'll work sure. for another couple. Yeah, yeah. Let it go. Just preach and let God's word do its work. That's hard sometimes. It is, but yeah, that's, know. you know, it's you essential. It. I know. I because know. the thing is, again, and, and you're talking to a guy who is all about change. Yeah. I mean, just ask my wife. We're in our fourth house in five years. <laughs> she, she said, no more. No more. That's a story to itself. So we, she hit the we brakes. Sold her home. We sold yeah. her home, and I was living in a camper, and I almost lost my wife. Oh. Over that one. Oh, but I, I'm crazy. But anyway, you can't do it. And I'm thinking, man, it's minor. Okay, we're taking out carpet and putting in wood. Who cares? But yeah. to the people that have been here for 49 years, it's huge. that's not minor. Yeah. It's huge. Because think 49 it's years huge. ago, I don't even know what kind of phone was it. I mean, I'm 65, yeah. so it's probably yeah. a, a dial rotary phone. And there was, and there was yeah. a rotary phone on the stage. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Yeah, where you could call the uh, sound room. Uh, okay. All right, yeah. two questions, then I'll let you kind of wrap it up as you want to. Yeah. Um, unexpected yeah. challenges, becoming transitioning to the senior <sighs> pastor. I think one was Pastor Moran being out the way that he was. Uh, two, little changes in my mind were big changes in other people's minds. All right, so repeat that. That's good. Repeat that again. Okay, so little changes in my mind were major changes in other okay. people's mind. All right, wow. When I see a major change, I'm thinking like tear out the pews and put in chairs. Yeah. For them, a major change is putting stone on a wall and putting in new mm. carpet. And so you got to be careful. Okay, and, and you've got to be wise as you're doing that. I think two, dealing with staff. 
Mm. Hiring and firing, man, as a senior pastor, that's not easy. No, uh, it's essential, and you've got to do it if you're going to build your team. Yeah, and so you know, coming in, unexpected challenge was definitely dealing with staff, mentoring staff, letting staff go, bringing staff on, mm. and doing it that way. And then I'd say three balancing time. You know, there was just so much to do. Yeah, and there was so much going on, and I was bad at it because I am a go-go guy. I was sleeping very little working 24 seven. I loved it, but it wasn't healthy for me or my family. Sure. Sure. And it really, unfortunately, it wasn't until 2019, five years later that that God smashed me and said, okay, enough's enough. You've got to figure this out. Yeah. But we need to learn. And then maybe that advice yeah. you just gave will help. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Unexpected blessings. Yeah. One I think was past Marine support. Mm. He just, man, he's been, he's been dynamite through it. We're friends. We're still our friends. I love just, you know, he can't really get out of the house much. Mm. He doesn't really at all, but, you know, sitting down across from him on the couch saying, all right, what do you think about this? He's like, I'm not getting into it. I'm like, I'm not asking you to get into it. Just tell me what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and just, you know, cause he knows things, he knows things before I do sometimes. Sure. Cause there's, he still has, you know, the people that call yeah. him and, and talk yeah. to him. And so that's a blessing to be able to have that relationship with the founder and to be able to keep that going. Mm. And, and his friends are now my friends. Yeah. And people you know, know that you have that relationship with him. Yes, right? they do. They yeah. do. You know, I got an email from Dr. Bob the third this week and just thanking me. He, he talked to Pastor Moran. He just sent me an encouraging email mm. and I praise the Lord for that. And for those men that, you know, I've been able to become friends with, yeah. I, I didn't know who they were until coming here. Right. And that's, that's been a real blessing to me. And just every day, honestly, Marshall's a blessing. Just being able to Amen. serve the Lord, to continue this ministry on, and have done right. Man, this this can go on for another hundred years. Amen. You Amen. know, preaching the Amen. gospel and, and yeah. being a light to Morgantown and my lands, this, this community needs the light. That's for sure. Every land does. All yes. right. So, brother, anything you want to say in closing? You don't have to be the sacrificial lamb. There we go. Define it, sacrificial lamb. All right, so you come in and you're you're the next guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're flexing your muscles. I'm going to show this church what I can do, and I'm going to show them why their their former pastor wasn't <laughs> how bad he was and how I great am. I am. How yeah. bad he was yeah. and how great I am. There you you go. deserve to be the sacrificial lamb. That's right. Um, just come in and continue on. Like I said, if it's worked for 20 years and the church hasn't fallen apart yet, it could mm. work for another couple. Yeah. And two involve the former pastor, even if he moves on, but especially if he retires, Mm -hmm. I made sure he had the financials before the deacons. Mm. I made sure he knew that major decisions were going to come. And here's what we're praying about doing. If it was 11 o'clock at night and I got a call and I had to go to the hospital pre-COVID for somebody who just is on the verge of death, I called him or texted him on the way. Hey, just want to let you know, so-and-so is really sick. I'm on the way up. I'll keep you posted. But Treg, okay, I'm being as honest as I can be. You have a mm-hmm. special relationship with him. A lot of men yeah. don't have that privilege. That's yeah, that's okay, very, so very possible. It's all so, this is based on relationships. I commend okay, you. Yes. And I think if possible, yes. Okay. If possible. Yeah. If possible, yes. And if not, again, never say anything negative. There you go. Yep. That will come back and yep, bite it you. Will. Always lift him up, even if you have no mm-hmm. relationship at all and he he regrets the day he retired and handed it over to you Be and, gracious. and wants to go across town and start another church. Be gracious. You know what? Be yeah. gracious. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We need another church across town. Yeah, I know. All right. I sidetracked you. Yeah. What else? 
That's it. No, that's perfect. You know, and, and the other thing I did too was I made sure the retirement celebration was a huge event. Mm. We did not do an installation service for me. It didn't need to be done, but I made sure Pastor Moran's retirement and we done. had speakers come from all over. Yeah. I had every missionary write a letter yeah. to him and we put it in all of his friends, pastoral friends, write a letter of encouragement to him. And Amen. when he was laying in a chair battling chemo, he picked that book up and read it on multiple occasions Amen. to encourage his heart. Letters of books. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's what I would encourage too. you know, if he's going out, make sure it's done right. Amen. And don't, don't worry about you getting any limelight. Your day will come. All right. Trek Spicer, let me give you his webpage again, T-R-E-G-S-P-I-C-E-R, trekspicer.com. And again, the podcast that he puts out is The Art of the Assistant. And Trey, mm-hmm. you've been a blessing. I pray that God will use this to encourage many men that are in this transition, because I'm telling you, yeah. every church that goes through a transition is vulnerable. It, it is, is vulnerable. It. And God's Absolutely. grace was upon you and Pastor Moran during that time, so I think we really can rejoice in that. But Trek said be Amen. sure and reach out to him. Men, deacons, you're, you're talking about a transition. Uh, church leaders, you're thinking about a transition. Get on Treg's website. Get in touch with him, and I know he'll yeah. be happy to be a blessing to you. So, Treg, thank I you. Yep. And uh, GFA, I want to thank you for putting on this podcast. And, again, go to gfamissions.org of anything we can do for you. We have missions roundtables there that you can sign up for. They're once a month on a Saturday about 9 o'clock Eastern time, all covering different aspects of missions. So, Trey, thank you. We'll pray for you. Yes, and thanks for the podcast. Thank God bless, brother. Yep. Amen. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.